You're listening to Oblivion. It's December 4th, 2023. <clears throat> David, um, well, the, uh, the pause, the so-called pause, so- sounds so innocent, uh, pause, um, uh, of the Gaza genocide resumed. Or, I mean, it ended and the play button was pushed, I guess. The genocide, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, genocide play the button. Typical uh, sequence of our times, which is uh, pause, <laughs> rewind, play. Pause, <laughs> rewind, play. Yeah. And I would describe it as a vicious spiral. Right. It's just like something that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, postmodernism would say total space. Right, and Gaza is a total space, right? You can't get out of it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Total space, in a lot of ways, refers to the corporatization of everything around us, right? And that's what you can't escape. Mm-hmm. And I think corporatization represents how it is all one world and how each of us individually and collectively, the ordinary common person, which is practically all of us, uh, right? That, that we're exploited for our um, contaminated perception, right? Our, uh, our distorted way of, of seeing things in terms of identity, that we belong to nations and we belong to religions and we belong to certain ideologies that's how people see themselves and so they do this to one another meanwhile the wealthy and the powerful can just sit back and fiendishly (laughs) rub their hands together and say yeah yeah and uh right and and be cashing in uh oh boy they used up those bombs we can uh, <laughs> uh right, sell, sell a few more in, yeah I, again I, say, I mean in a direct sense but in sort of cashing in and uh but more. what they're really doing right it's not about the money it's about the game between the people is they're uh they're having a blood play orgy of domination right like this is snm taken to the level of uh, so extreme that it's that it's genocide but it's the same motivation i mean there has to be a motivation there has to be a desire in the human being right like i don't buy it that people just do things automatically or because the system does it or because it's human nature or um, whatever right so uh it's just such a uh it's so wicked it's it's so evil that you you can't see it as only driven by this uh functionary economic motivation uh among other things there's there are plenty of ways to make really good money without having to do this. So it is possible in a world that you wouldn't have just such extreme violence 
And again, I also think of the vicious spiral. Like, I just don't see how you ever get out of this. I, I think that there's sort of a naive narrative. I mean, you can tell me what, what you think about this, that end of World War II, middle, late 20th century, culminating with the uh, collapse of the Berlin Wall, the fall of the Soviet Union, there was a sense of human beings moving away from war, right? That this, We grew up looking at the black and white pictures and footage of World War II thinking, that's in the past, that's a long time ago. Um, but it really does seem in the 21st century, and I think you have to look at 9-11 as the radical jolt that, that triggers that sets off what was brimming right there under the surface of humans just going uh, berserk, right? And um, getting back to this uh, bloodbath, uh, ruthless. Uh, well, it, yeah, it, it definitely became, well, not just humans, but specifically it was the neocons. Uh, who'd kind of been planning, uh, well, not kind of been, had been planning through the PNAC uh, 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 acronym for the uh, um, kind of like a the think tank that had the neocons in it. And they had been planning for a long time to attack um, Afghanistan again, of course, um, you know, they started the whole modern era of the doom of Afghanistan. Uh, uh, well, 1980. Um, and uh, then, of course, the Iraq was part of the, the neocon plan uh, well before 2001. And so that uh, became an excuse to attack them. They also had Iran on the list. Um, they haven't been able to pull that one off because uh you know it they're not quite as helpless right uh you know uh iraq they had been pummeling uh through sanctions and occasional bombings uh for 10 years uh during the 90s during the 90s after the gulf war uh you know they basically pounded them down to to rubble and and uh, then or starving them out for 10 years. So they were, they knew they were totally weak and, and uh, it wouldn't be any problem to attack them. Iran, they couldn't, uh, they still haven't been able to pull that one off because they knew, no, it's uh, not as weak an opponent, right, for one thing. Um, of course, Syria was on the list too, and they, they you know, uh, that, that was, uh, um, you know, we got into that in a less way as Iraq, but that was also accomplished. Libya, that was also on the neocon list. And, uh, you know, uh, Hillary's big accomplishment, uh, you know, a neocon and a good friend of, uh, of uh, a subject that we'll uh, talk about, Kissinger, uh, who uh, just died this week at the age of 100. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's, there's a long tradition, you know, Kissinger being... A primary, uh, one of the greatest, uh, you know, most notorious, uh, greatest uh, diabolical figures in the 20th century of, of you know, just a genocidal maniac, you know, who uh, uh, was responsible for uh, extending 
um, the Vietnam War, you know, there was, uh, he was uh, one of the, if not the primary person that encouraged, uh, you know, um, Nixon, who was considering withdrawal from Vietnam uh, before his the second election, 1972, because um, they already knew that it was hopeless, right, that there was you know, no way that South Vietnam was able going to be able to stand uh, because there was no popular support for one thing, and just militarily, that only it was t- totally propped up by the U.S. And uh, you know, so the, there had been talk about that, but of course Kissinger, uh, you know, um, said no, that would hurt your reelection chances. And of course, they kind of escalated. That's when they really got, you know, vicious and carpet bombed uh, not only North Vietnam, but then you know, killed possibly millions of people and and Laos and Cambodia. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, <clears throat> this is a, a long history of of this. It it really hasn't ceased. You know, World War Two really, um, you know, it really solidified. Uh, and institutionalized uh, the total war doctrine of Hitler. Um, and ba- basically throughout the, you know, it was the militants that won the war, war uh, uh, quote, in quotes, won the war uh, in the U.S. And they have pretty much ever since, um, you know, been control of the government ever since and pretty much the whole zeitgeist, right? This, this, um, highly uh, militaristic, imperial, and uh, exploitative uh, world domination uh, idea, um, chauvinistic, uh, we're better than everybody else, uh, just infected the whole culture uh, because it was just so dominant, talking about total space. Uh, and that's when this total space really, really set in, and it hasn't really led up i mean it led up uh you know vietnam era uh where there was the uh countercultural reaction to the vietnam war uh but uh the lessons weren't learned from there and the people the same people never left power right so <laughs> and uh you know it's it, it's ongoing the total space is not stopped uh yeah, and uh, yeah, so let's... Uh, keeps keeps going and going. Right. So we've got, uh, you know, this week we've got the, uh, well, the the very latest thing is just rehashing the Hamas uh, rape accusations. That's kind of something the, you know, the latest uh, Zionist uh, attempt to justify the, you know, just the genocide right it was like the barbarians raped our women so you know we gotta <laughs> we're justified in killing all the babies and and um, the barbarians say the people who killed 15,000 <laughs> yeah. civilians yeah yeah did such and such yeah i mean it's just so it's so out of uh joseph heller i mean this <laughs> Yeah, a co- combination of Heller and jo- you mean jo- oh, oh 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 hell you mean um, uh, 
Yeah. Catch uh, twenty two. Catch twenty two. Yeah. What's his name? It's not Joseph, but Joseph Heller, I think. Uh, yeah, maybe right. Anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> Catch twenty two and Orwell. It's just completely Orwellian the language, of course, and and uh, up is down, war is peace, uh, love is hate. You know all that. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, that's, right. The way the language is used to just create this completely distorted. And but like numbing and and just dumbfounding way of describing what's going on. And here's an interesting idea: language is total space, right? I think Orwell and Heller are getting at language as total space, where language is used in a way that that language-based way of seeing things becomes all there is and that is how the doors of perception remain uh contaminated or uncleansed or just simply closed right <laughs> uh right uh, well uh, i would say the mind is 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 closed but the perception is there otherwise you wouldn't know what was going on one way or the other like you wouldn't think the other mm-hmm. side was barbarians you wouldn't say it was israel who are the uh, the yeah, well, you're, uh, maybe the metaphor is you're looking through a window, but the window is a TV from, um, I don't know, <laughs> uh, right, you're not Israeli seeing, you're propaganda not see- or whatever is, is what's shooting into your brain. You're not seeing the, the real thing. And it's the two ways. There's a, a way in which a person looks at the world and it's distorted. It, it becomes like a convex mirror where this one thing is... And I think the screen is a perfect example of this. The one thing becomes everything, and then everything becomes, it shrinks and it it curves um, in the background very quickly fading out of vision. Uh, There's a painting by Parmigianano, self-portrait in a convex mirror. Uh, where he holds it up to himself and you know what it does is it makes the, whatever this closest to the mirror uh, is really pretty much all that you can see and then the things in the background are minimized and distorted and and they they they, they fade out of sight right so that's a you're not seeing what's what's actually there which what is actually there is there is everything <laughs> And everything is pretty much everything. And then if you want to single out one thing, then that one thing is surrounded by all of this other stuff. That would be what is actually uh, there. And then the other problem is there's this um, um, there's this palimpsest of, of terms and ideas and labels that people attached to everything and so that gets in between them and all of this that is actually out there and it also separates everything from everything else right like this is a lamp and this is a window and this is a curtain that's a tree that's a car and that's a house like so what it's like but 
you're not seeing the whole thing, right, as one. Forest for the trees, man. There, there, There you go, man. And in the case of war and conflict, as I've said in recent podcasts, that people only see themselves as Muslim, as Jew, as Christian, you know, where Israel, your Palestine, right? This is a, a, a distortion of what's actually there, right? That really is not what is there. If you look at the earth, and I think of the um, the Earthrise photograph, and we're since we're coming up on Christmas, I think this was taken on Christmas Eve of 1968. And Frank Borman, who became the CEO of Eastern Airlines, was the commanding officer. And what Apollo 8 did is it went to the moon and they uh, they orbited. Uh, they didn't have the lunar module yet. Um, they stayed in Earth orbit. I'll go on a quick tangent here. They went on a, a uh, Apollo 9 did Earth orbit, and and they uh, learned how to dock the lunar module with the command module. They did that in Earth orbit first. Then Apollo uh, 10 went to the moon and, and did that, and then the lunar module actually um, separated from the command module and service module, went close to the moon, but didn't land. And I've always thought a cool story would be <laughs> What if the Apollo 10 people had said, fuck this, man, <laughs> yeah. we're going to be the first people to land. We're going all the way, baby. <laughs> I need to write that one. Don't let me forget. Don't let me forget about that. Yeah. And of course, Apollo 11, they have the lunar module. They go to the moon. Lunar module separates and actually uh, land, lands on the moon. Anyway, the point being Apollo 8, first time that humans went to the moon right no lunar module they just made some made maybe only one orbit or maybe they made three and then just came right back to earth but as they were coming uh, around the moon on one of the orbits which of course are shorter than going around the earth uh the earth was rising just like there would be a sunrise or a moonrise on earth the earth was rising above the horizon and the apollo 8 crew takes a picture of it and i believe it was uh bowman the commanding officer who said this really shows us that we do all live in one world and we are one, all one people. And that is the truth. When you look at the Earth from outer space, it doesn't look like a two-dimensional map on a wall. It doesn't look like an encyclopedia. It does not look like a library. It does not. And so these terms that we think are helpful to us because they give us knowledge and we can label things and we know what things are. And this is it. That's right. Let me get the door. Oh, and I know what you mean. And so, Hey, this is great. We're connecting. I don't have to feel so awkward around everyone. 
uh, really what can happen over time is that the, all these labels and terms and ideas, they get in the way of understanding things, right? They block it out. They, there's a, they smear it, right? It's like the doors of perception could be like your, your, your lenses, your glasses, right? And if they're smeared, right, they, they have, uh, something on them that gets in between you and what is actually there and it is all one world and we are all one human race and we are human beings and that's the only thing about us that you can say is uh is real in terms of what is actually there and as soon as you go in with the labels that's when you distort everything and you blind yourself to what is actually there. And this and genocide is the way that you can see that collectively, this is uh, such a nightmare. But then individually for the person, right, you're going to be um, far from the best version of, of yourself. And you're going to be, and I'm thinking of the Greeks here, uh, Aristotle. Right, you're basically not going to be happy. You'll go through life um, uh, being what really I think most people are, which is uh, cranky and lost and downtrodden and uh, tired and basically pissed off and relying on things like religion to fill a void rather than. They have to do the work of figuring some things out and making changes and not uh, clinging to these uh, identities that basically leave them with nothing to do but uh, grind an axe. And then chop people's heads off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in in the. And along the theme of the rape, rape accusations, which are unsubstantiated, uh, you know, it's like uh, people people have said, but, you know, you don't have the people actually say that they were raped. Um, um, and, uh, you know, so it's just unsubstantiated. And just you can just guarantee that anything that Israel, uh, the Zionists say is what they're doing. So, for instance, uh, the beheaded babies, killing the babies thing, uh, this last week, <clears throat> one thing that was uh, revealed, and this wasn't the only case, of course, uh, but there was the one of the many hospitals, and uh, quick aside, 14 more hospitals have been bombed since the, uh, the play button was pushed, um, the, the, uh, rewind, play button pushed, uh, but uh, so there was this one hospital uh and they went in there and they told everybody to leave uh the maternity ward where there was like i don't know a bunch of fucking babies and uh you know and they assured the the mothers and the staff that uh that they would take care of the babies well guess what happened they the mother mothers and staff came back and all the babies were dead <laughs> uh just laying there in their cribs they were just left to die uh, you know, th- this is the c- type of thing that's time a thousand is happening to the uh, uh, people of Gaza. Uh, and, 
you know, and it's just so sickening that uh, the political class is still, you know, 100%, go, go, go. Uh, you know, Bernie, uh, of course, he's still just mealy mouth, nothing burger. You know, he's he's definitely show, <laughs> showed, showed what he was, you know, which side he was on from the beginning and his, like, half-assed uh, humanitarian pause bullshit that he's still talking about after they resumed and going straight full at it. Uh, you know, it's just pathetic. I'm sick of hearing, his, you know, his bullshit. You know, it's just like uh, good buddy of Biden. You know, he's just fucking like him, and he's a genocider too. He can go to hell, you know. I'll say it again. Uh, you know. Uh, it really is disheartening that you, you just can never find anyone that you can like for very long. Right. And, and it's, and it's just the, it's the total space, right? You're, you're not allowed into that space unless you pledge allegiance, uh, you know, to the, um, what should we say? Play <laughs> to the genocide. I don't know. <laughs> to the apocalypse. Uh, this is, uh, <clears throat> this is what has to be done and a quick quick little mention there was um ryan Grimm, who works for the intercept he's kind of a um i would call him a centrist progressive which you know um uh, uh reporter anyway he, he often covers for instance the squad or whatever in a positive light and uh he has a new book about the squad and in the book he AOC is talking about how that, you know, how, you know, terrible Pelosi was and um, and that, uh, you know, as soon as she left the leadership, you know, things, were, you know, improved so much. And and, uh, you know, you would you would think it was just, you know, all the problems were Pelosi and it wasn't just the Democratic Party it wasn't just this uh, hyper right wing uh, uh corporatist hellhole um you know it was just pelosi all along david so i you know i guess that uh we'll be getting our medicare for all and um uh uh you know i'll, I'll get my um, um um massages and hand jobs uh provided by the government and uh uh you know um massages <laughs> and my hand <laughs> You know, uh, the things that uh, us uh, socialists, you know, that's all we really care about, right? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so th that was going on this week. And it, and it just kind of, to me, it, it it reiterates kind of what we were just saying, how that the whole political class uh, is more abundant and corrupt through and through. I mean, it's rotten to the core. You simply cannot have someone... A, a real socialist, a real activist, a real somebody like Ralph Nader, or oh, there's a whole a non-ogre, a non-ogre, somebody that's um, you know to be an honest human being like me, you and me. This is not allowed. Well, you know, the type period. of person that should be in there. It's kind of like well, saying yeah. you can't have somebody who knows how to fly a plane be the pilot. Well, like a government can't right. work if yeah. it's not the people who are in charge of it are, are not uh, the people that 
are, are honest people and, and want to do good for human beings, right? R rather than encourage them in one way or another, Mm -hmm. They don't all do. They don't all do it as bombastically as Trump, but in one way or another, mm -hmm. to be violent and to live according to these labels that I'm talking about, right? That get in the way of being able to cleanse the doors of perception. Like it's just another person, and that's all you are. Like enough with this shit about hearing about that you're a Christian. Like we grew up around that. And you know what I'm talking about. Like, enough's enough. Like, you can only, how far can this take you? Like, what are you going to have for breakfast? I believe in Jesus. You know, where's the grocery store? I believe in Jesus. You know, what time is it? I believe in Jesus. It's time to pray. Praise the Lord. Like, it's just a way to cover up the void, right? And at some point, I think growing up means you have to embrace the void. It is a mystery. We don't know what's going on. I mean, we we know something. We can know things here and, and there, right? But this life is so volatile and just the enormity of everything that there is. I mean, how many stars are there? Isn't the number something like 40 billion billion? <laughs> Or four hundred billion billion. <laughs> yeah, there's and how there's can a lot. you even count all of them? Right there, right. there is. You know, the the physicists would say there it's infinite. You know, the space is right. infinite, and the number of stars is infinite. Stephen Hawking, the boundary condition of the universe is that it has no boundary. And how could it? Because anything with the boundary, there has to be something on the other side of the boundary. Yeah. Right. And, and us socialists want to bring that fucking home and get rid of all the boundaries here, by God, because they don't if exist. If you think about it, um, the um, one world, what this universe is, that is actually what we are and and, and where we are. All of that is acting on us, even if it's this incredible distance away, because it's all interconnected, right? Not to mention that if you just want to look at Earth itself, there's just so much to know that it's impossible to understand. And when I think, for example, of being a college professor and never being able to get across to people Right, that it, it's time to grow up and and not think this is seventh grade and like, and I read something and now I know something. Right, like, no, you don't know anything. I mean, even Socrates said he didn't know anything, and he was really smart. Like he, he's probably smarter than you, uh, probably smarter than me. Although, I don't know. You know, since I think <laughs> I think about this stuff, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so but anyway, um, if you think you're smart, certainly Socrates is because <laughs> he lived a long time ago and people still well, maybe they don't, but yeah, some some uh in yeah. the 90s, I think a few people still talked about Socrates and they would know who you meant. <laughs> um yeah. But to, to he, he, he liked to drink something. I can't remember what it was. As a college student, like you're an adult, 
right? And this is why people wind up believing uh, all of these uh, cunning uh, con artists, right? Is they think it's actually possible to know, right? To 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 know it all. That's the the term. So and so is a know it all. I think of like Rachel Maddow and uh, Stephen Colbert, who, by the way, I'm convinced are identical twins separated at birth. And this is pretty funny. Maddow was on the Colbert show not long ago, and they really do look exactly alike. It's like, no wonder they like each other so much. And there's so much like they not only look alike, but they're the same thing. They're both these assets and these mm-hmm. um, yeah. corporate products, right? Mm-hmm. That are figureheads and they tell people what they want to hear without ever really talking about anything. And the common thing that makes this uh, blatantly obvious is Trump, right? Colbert still. I mean, we're going mm-hmm. on, it'll be eight years, come um, <laughs> New Year's. Mm-hmm. That's really the, all the, is the Trump, are. The Trump, the Trump show. But, right, the, that's what they should call it. They should call it the, the, the Trump show. And then uh, uh, Maddow, with her um, Russiagate... <laughs> Uh, conspiracy that she would and the Deutsche Bank and all this stuff that was never brought together, pulled together and made any sense. Trump was Putin's asset in the White House. Uh, but Crimea was taken when the Obamacon was in there and Putin waited until Trump was out to invade Ukraine. So, um, yeah, this, well, this, and it was the, a real thing is whatever you want to talk about all either Maddow or Colbert talk about for the most part is Trump. And in the case of, uh, Maddow, certainly the, the wars and the, the killing, I mean, that's really what your focus needs to be on. Not always just this, one person threat to democracy and um democracies don't well but they're all for it as long as it's their um faction is the one doing it yeah so for for instance and that's kind of um um, topical news is that the uh actually the leading uh new york times uh, article today is White House warns lawmakers that an action on aid endangers Ukraine. The warning in a letter to the House Speaker comes as an increase in number of ten billion dollars. I think is what it says. Yeah, the warning is a letter to the House Speaker uh, comes as an increasing number of Republicans are growing weary of shouldering the costs of a drawn-out war. So you know, of course, Rachel Maddow and the so-called liberals. Uh, you know, I mean, the the, Dem, the Dems, uh, you know, Ukraine, um, that's that's their war along with this genocide, right? But, you know, conveniently, the genocide has totally overshadowed Ukraine. And, you know, I think the end is coming. 
um, kind of like Vietnam. They knew Vietnam wasn't going to, you know, uh, be a, a real thing. You know, there's no way that we can win this. Uh, they know very damn well that they can't win Ukraine in any way possible. You know, the current situation is how it's going to be, motherfuckers. I mean, this is uh, Russia got in there. They're there. You're not getting them out unless you want to nuke them. And uh, I mean, maybe they want to do that. But, uh, um, you know, I think they're using this opportunity to, you know, probably what will happen, David, is it's, it'll be the Republic. They'll blame the Republicans for not you know you know tightening the you know the spending and so they'll have to negotiate and put an end to it uh, and they'll just blame it on the republicans right uh that will be uh their talking point when they have to wind out wind down uh the ukraine escapade and uh you know uh but it's like what's the point of of seeming to be oh another thing is that both of them are pedantic right and they appeal to that liberal uh, intellectualism, right? They, they have this intellectual demeanor that they're uh-huh. really, really smart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why you should listen to them rather than to, to listen to them first and then think about what they, what they are saying. And you do, the, do it the opposite. It's like you think... Hmm. I, this person's really smart first, and then you just listen to them and whatever they say is smart. And if it doesn't make any sense, which it often is the case with Maddow and it's never tied to, well, uh, for, for example, how many, how many years did she do the Russia gate shit? And every bit of that was just, just it was insanely <laughs> nonsensical. Never, right, it's way too long to be talking about one thing, right? It's got to some at some point. It's got to come together and it materializes. But it one is like it was. It, she never made it clear what she was talking about ever. And it's one thing for things to get complicated, but it all starts with something basic, like Watergate was. There was a break-in. There was an event, right? So you knew that happened. From there, everything that is complicated and how this ties into this, I mean, yes, that happens. Well, Some of that but happens. I mean, th- this was the implied simple thing with Russiagate was that the Russians got Trump elected because he, wa- he was— uh, um, he and they're to dismantle our democracy. Well, no, he was. Um, they had some goods on him. Uh, oh, right. And, yeah, so he was blackmailed. Like he blackmailed him into uh, I don't know why winning the election. <laughs> yeah, so I mean that was the idea. He owed them money, basically, right? <laughs> right, right. And it was like, uh, so how exactly did that get him to win? I don't, you know. Uh, but yeah, it never made any sense, but that was the implication from the first that he was a Russian, Russian agent. You know, they said this over and over again, you know, uh, that they, the, the P, the P tape, you know, and all these things turned out when it was not only was it turned out fraudulent, but then when the Mueller report or whatever it was called came out and it was just a total, nothing. 448 pages. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was a nothing burger. It said nothing was really going on here. Uh, so that's when they had to finally wind it down after. Oh yeah, how I remember that. It was, it was the four hundred forty-eight, <laughs> four hundred forty-eight page document that within ten minutes, everyone, including Colbert, was talking about. Like, so you just read this. Yeah. Like, God, oh, you are smart, man. <laughs> like, it would take yeah. me a while to read. I mean, forty. Yeah. pages of of that like dense opaque stuff but, yeah yeah wow 448 pages in 10 minutes that's pretty good and you know of course they they never have really let it go i mean you the ukraine war is part of the the general war against russia uh that russia gate was all about you know it was constant not only was it to try to attack trump and blame him for Hillary's loss, uh, you know, the the evil genius in Russia, uh, but also to perpetuate the war against Russia because Russia is, you know, obviously it's a, um, not part of the empire, right? So you have to constantly and forever attack anything that isn't capitulating to the empire, you know. Um, so of course, and you know, it's, it's even gotten worse now. It's, um, uh, I mean, Biden's gone just nuts with the China stuff. Uh, you don't hear about it quite as much, uh, now that there's, you know, since Ukraine and such, but it's been ongoing, you know, the balloons and, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, it's just what a shit show, man. It's just, it never ends. Genocide, no yeah. problem. You know, Lewiston, <laughs> no problem. Oh my God, it's a balloon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, so it it never ends. Um, so yeah, let's. Um, so yeah, the Ukraine is obviously on the way out. Um, uh, how yeah, much I longer they're going to jump in with a, a point? Because right, when sure. you were talking about the World War Two. Uh, legacy yeah that's a good way to put it the world war ii legacy uh by the way i think massages and hand chops that's got to be the episode title i don't want to forget that one but then yeah basically the way since world war ii it's all gone toward we our group has to have everything um a big part of that is the, uh, the propaganda and the effectiveness of, of propaganda is that it tells people what they want to hear. Right. And when I think about Maddow and Colbert, they're propagandists because they, they tell liberals what they, they want to hear. And what liberals want to hear is that you can believe yourself to be a liberal and you can still be a fascist. You can still be a right-wing extremist. You can still be a warmonger. You can still accept this war of you. This, you can still ex- accept this war. You can accept this uh, world where you have war and violence. You can you can believe yourself to be. Uh, a liberal and have your mind comp. 
because yeah. what what Maddow and Colbert do is that they they provide this material, right? Again, they use language to create this uh, world, this vision of a world where what's going on has these evil, awful, horrible things, and you can oppose it, right? And then stand out there and say, I'm a liberal, right? And, and then at the same time, you can, like everyone else, get off on all this violence and war, which has now, and this is why you can't, Obamacon compromise with fascists, right? Um, now, this acceptance of war has become acceptance of genocide. They're, they're, <clears throat> they're upgrading. But if you listen to Maddow and you listen to Colbert, you don't have to think about that. Like that issue doesn't really get involved in your brand, right? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Let's move on to um, uh, another another double think um, category. Uh, and the, currently, there's ongoing the climate summit, the COP twenty eight climate summit, and uh, uh, guess where it's being held, uh, David. Uh, it's in du Amsterdam. No, Dubai. Uh, oh. <laughs> the Emirati oil executive, uh, who is leading the COP28 conference in Dubai, said there was no science to support a phase out of oil and gas. So the head of the climate summit is a to is a climate <laughs> denialist. I mean. Talk about some serious, uh, serious climate summit. I mean, now, now we know something's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> meaning they're going to pump even more, which is actually what's going on in the U.S. We're we're nearing the record uh, record levels of production for oil. Um, uh, you know, getting close to, I don't know, when it was in the 70s or something, when it was just balls to the walls in Texas, uh, now thanks to fracking, et cetera, and offshore sources uh, were about up to the um, um, those, those hallowed heights um, uh, again. Uh, and in the meantime, double-think world, of course, we're supposed to believe that uh, – uh, that Joe Biden is this transcendent um, uh, progressive, uh, as AOC said, you know, the most progressive president since FDR, uh, <laughs> with, with a straight face, you know. Um, uh, she you know. said that about Biden. Oh, oh, my, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, right. I so. think it, uh, <laughs> uh, Tlaib is the only one who... Uh, has um, come out and and against the genocide in Gaza. Right, the the Palestinian. Right, yeah. <laughs> you would hope that the, the the Palestinian would at least be able to do that. And of course, they you know censored her for you know um, saying the you know river to the sea or whatever that um, phrase is, which actually means freedom for everybody from the river to the sea. But how dare she say that? 
um, you know, another double think thing. It was uh, what everybody else said it meant was uh, that that meant kill all the Jews from the <laughs> wipe them into the sea. You know, uh, you know this is the what's constantly done. Uh, yeah, it's the world of the well, double. Speaking think. of the censoring, uh, the, the censoring. Um... This might be a good time to uh, get into the uh, censorship at uh, universities, right? Yeah, and, in regards to Palestine, right, and the you know reinforcing the the sham university, <laughs> the idea of the sham university. I think the latest was, and I, I think this would have been. Um, well, I'm not sure which university uh that that it was so uh rather than than speculate but here's what happened there was a it's the sociology department and there were these um the teaching assistants right these are your low-level um insects that you have you know teach the intro courses right and when um when the uh, war in Gaza broke out, right, after October 7th, when the bombing started, in one of these sociology classes, uh, there was a student who was Palestinian and asked the teaching assistants if they could uh, have a discussion about mental health services for Palestinians. And the teaching assistants uh, actually first went to who was directly above them, right, which may be like a department chair or a full-time teacher who they were working under, right? And that person said, sure, okay. So then they went in and did it. And then uh, the people, the, the top people went crazy and fired the uh, the teaching assistants uh, saying, like, I, I guess it would have been a, a dean saying this wasn't on the syllabus, right? You can't talk about this. And this is exactly what Nazi Germany was, right? Where um, one of the things that the Nazis did was they just, uh, they basically shut down the, the universities, right? The universities couldn't be places of free exchange of ideas, you know, open discussion, getting back to the point of being honest, like talking honestly about what you uh, want to, what you should be talking about. Now, and it's hardly just this one place where this happened. Now, one place I know of, University of Texas, Dallas, uh, they had uh, like a big uh, billboard where people could put messages and signs up. And that was uh, taken down. USC, I, I know this happened. There was an economics professor who um, I think confronted some um, Palestinian students. And I believe he said uh, Hamas are uh, murderers. And so they, they, uh, they made him take a leave of absence. Uh, he, he, he's tenured, so they, they didn't fire him but there's been um 
and it's happened at other places where either teachers have been fired or free speech has been suppressed. And so to go back to Trump and this is a threat to our democracy, what democracy? <laughs> I mean, it, your universities, you can't have open discussions about what's happening in Gaza. You want to talk about a sham. How can you believe yourself to be educated and you have this going on and you're not talking about it? Like, that's just unbelievable. Like, you're going to go to your meeting and uh, hang out with some women who don't shave and talk about getting a recycling program going in the dorms. That's what you're going to go do. Like, what are you talking about? This is an important issue, David. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, the 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 hairy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was Columbia. There was a whole big thing where they suspended a couple student groups. Um yeah, it's all over the country, basically. Right. I mean, and 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 there's obviously a ever a chilling atmosphere, right? Because it's like sure. this has been going on for years, but now it's just through the roof. The uh, idea that these people against, really don't want you to be talking about what's going on when you would think it'd be the total opposite, right? That that at a at a, at a <laughs> school at a mm -hmm. place of education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you would think like, oh, you people aren't interested in anything. You don't pay attention to anything that's going on. Why are you here? Like, what, 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 what brings you here? But that the whole point is to be there to not talk about. <clears throat> well, David, uh, David, the reason is is because you will be uh, supporting terrorism uh, if you say that uh, those Hamas babies uh, should live. I don't know. I mean. Uh, because those Hamas babies might grow up to be terrorists, and you know, yeah, this that is not is appropriate. So, that is so so awful, and it's like it's not hard to understand. Oh, here's the inversion. It, it's it is not hard to, uh, hard to understand how you lose all credibility when you talk about how the other side is beheading babies when you kill their babies. Get it? <laughs> but here's the thing: the numbers are something like this. It's like 1,200 on October 7th, like uh, Israeli people killed in the yeah. October 7th right. attack. And, right. Since and then, wh what number of those were killed by uh, the Hamas militants is still very much in the air, but uh, continue. And then on the other side, with the Palestinians in Gaza, it's 15,000. Yet well, in terms of where the attention goes, it's inverted, right? Most of the attention goes to, it's the humanization of the Israeli victims. We spend a lot of time on, this is the television, the family members of the hostages and the family members of the people who have been killed. For example, there was, for a few days, there was a lot of attention on this one story were among the hostages that were released were these two children, and they were all excited about getting to be re reunited with their mom, but the mom got killed. 
And of course, this is horrible, right? But we focus on it's the humanization of, of these of two children, right? And they're human and they have feelings and they learned how to read and so they're civilized. Meanwhile, 1.8 miles away, human beings are completely different. You know, these people are barbarians and they're, you know, knuckle dragging apes. Well, they're not apes because it's not the jungle, but they're they're like camels that walk on two legs. <laughs> rats, rats. I mean, it's as though they they're not suffering. You know, they're uh, they're a little bug that flew into the windshield of a pickup truck, right? Going down the road. <laughs> Never even knew it was here. It's just yeah. So yeah. Now we gotta clean that shit off the window, man. No, like you get the you get the raw, the graphic part of what's happening in Gaza. Like you see the bomb buildings and the holding the the dead children, the dead babies, and you see people crying, and you get a little bit of the you know, thing is translated and the person is, you know, screaming about, you know, somebody's been killed and now, now David, come on. That that was probably just um acting, you know. They just probably dressed up those children, made them look dead, you know. Uh yeah, it's they maybe they even killed them themselves because they're that fucking crazy, man. It's, it's fucking um, it's like a it's like a falafel western. It's a spaghetti western, except it's a in the Middle East, so we'll call it a, a falafel. No, we'll call it a kebab western. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, the kebaby bob. The yeah. kebaby bob. <laughs> kebaby bob western. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our ideas are just we made a blue. kebab of baby heads yeah. on a sword or the fire. Oh, yeah. See, we're we're creating new genre. We're creating new genres, Dave, and eventually we're. Oh, we're, and remember, remember the the, the woman you know, I said gave the greatest interview ever, uh, Tanya Hodge Hassan. Right, I uh-huh. was just amazed by how uh, eloquent and articulate and honest and. She's the one who said, we don't need more aid or more money. We need a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. And she was really one of the first people to give like the graphic details. But I also think, you know, this is a real hero because she's in the middle of all this. Right. Right. Versus someone like Rachel Maddow, who just d- spends her whole life comfortably just sitting there like Gobert and like people who believe themselves to be liberals and that's another issue i would have to say resistance warrior david come on (laughs) she's down there doing the dirty work so perfect exactly yeah i mean like you're being a liberal you want to believe yourself to be you know black leather jacket and that you're all tough and rough and tumble and out there on the front front lines, nitty gritty, but really your surroundings are about comfort and modern technology and, and, and so forth. 
you're you're not really there in in the thick of the battle like Tanya Hodge Hassan, and kind of like I was thinking about uh, Greta Thunberg when we were talking about the the climate summit being in in Dubai. Um, basically, Tanya Hodge Hassan has um, abracadabra disappear, right? Just right, right. manufactured culture amnesia. Person never takes traction, right? Like Thunberg was pretty popular there for a little bit, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you would think that well, the climate change that hasn't really happened. Like, well, okay, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that is that that was during Trump, right? But as soon as Biden came in, you couldn't have somebody, uh, you know, you can't have her in the news anymore, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, um, we, we've got to pretend like we're uh, the great climate. Uh, we really care about this stuff and it's really important. Uh, Green New Deal, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and uh, but no, you can't have an honest voice like we were talking about before out there uh, uh, wagging their finger at us, the elites that know, you know, that how dare she. Right. So. Anyway, yeah, can't have that. But we're gonna well, we're gonna we're gonna keep wagging late. our we're gonna keep wagging our finger. By God, you know. I, I don't want to be late from for my uh, <laughs> massage and hand job. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> another week is in the pot for David Vernon Miller. This is Doctor David W. Overby, and you've been listening to. The Oblivion Podcast.